Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. The Gate Podcast, episode 94. Welcome to this really fun episode of the Lose the Cape podcast. Today we have the opportunity to share with you Jen Mann, who is a famous blogger and author. Well, I call her famous. She laughs every time I tell her that I think she's famous. She's the author of People I Want to Punch in the Throat, Spending Holidays of People That I Want to um, Punch in the Throat, the whole series, five book series that started with I Just Want to Pee Alone, and most recently um, they just published But Did you die some really funny parenting anthologies that are out there we're going to talk all about those but before we get started i want to talk to you quickly about one of our sponsors one of our june sponsors coping skills for kids so you know we all have children who are going through things in life maybe it's the loss of a loved one maybe it's ADHD and anxiety and not knowing how to manage that. Maybe it's stress from school. Maybe, I mean, just you name the list of things our children are dealing with. So Janine Halloran from Coping Skills with Kids has put together all kinds of resources and information to help you help your children learn how to cope with the big things that are going on in their lives right now. I encourage you to go over and check out her information. You can get to it by losethecape.com forward slash coping c-o-p-i-n-g and if you decide you're interested in any of her products you can get five dollars off with the coupon code cape again losethecape.com forward slash coping fantastic resources to help your children through the difficult times they may be facing or even just the day-to-day stuff that you don't know how to help them handle janine has fantastic resources And on with Jen's interview. It's a long one, so enjoy it, sit back, and laugh with us. Hey, boss ladies. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, and I'm the founder of Cat Biggie Press and Write, Publish, Sell. I help women fulfill their book writing dreams through author coaching and publishing support. You can find out more at writepublishsell.co. Hey, y'all. I'm Aubrey Mathis, owner and founder of Today May Suck, a comfort gift company providing gifts for your peeps going through the suckiest of times. You can find me at www.todaymaysuck.com or join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash todaymaysuckcomfortcorner. Have a happy day. Together, we bring you real talk from life-experienced women, celebrating, empowering, and encouraging the woman behind the kids, the marriage, and the business. We know that you don't have to be super mom to be a super mom, so join us and lose the cape. Welcome back to a very special episode of Lose the Cape, where I am really excited. I know Aubrey is too, but I always speak for both of us since we're yin yin. Um, <laughs> we're really excited today to bring you Jen Mann, who is one of my icons and mentors and just people I love absolutely to follow because she's just truth everywhere and a lot of fun. She started her blog in April 2011. Oh, first of all, she is married with two kids, Gomer and Adolfo are the names that she has given them for her public profile. Um, At the time, she had 70 regular readers that she says most of them were actually related to her. But then in December 2011, if you've been reading mom blogs, you probably saw this one. She wrote the post, Overachieving Elf on the Shelf Mommies, which went viral and oh, and now has had, what, over 800,000 views. So big, big post. Um, when, then she went on to continue writing in her blog, people I want to punch in the throat, not rainbows and unicorns. She has written and published now five books, including the most recent that just came out this week. It's a, uh, a really funny, um, anthology of some of our favorite people, including Mike Cruz, who's who we've interviewed recently on the podcast. And it's called, but did you die? All kinds of stories of parenting hilarity. Is that a, is that a word? Hilarity, <laughs> parenting, fun and all that good stuff. So get ready to laugh. Thank you so much, Jen, for being with us today. Hi. Yay. 
<laughs> yes. So, I mean, you're just blogging along and one day you decide to write how you really feel on a subject that apparently pushed some buttons and, yeah. and then life kind of changed. Huh? And then life really changed. Yeah. I think I need to update my bio though. Cause um, I have eight books now and oh, eight, excuse I, me. No, that's not I don't know. I must've sent an old bio. No, so. no, no. Where I got confused was this most, this anthology is the fifth in the series of yeah. the, um, the P so alone series, alone. right? That's yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. eight books. Eight books, and um, you know, yeah, I started blogging in 2011, and I've kind of always like been known to tell the truth or whatever. Um, but because I didn't have a big following, nobody had ever heard of me. Mm-hmm. And then when I wrote about the elf, uh, that one <laughs> went bananas, and it had um, over a million reads in 24 hours. And I and I started a Facebook page for it, and I got I think 17,000 people that first night. Holy and, moly! Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I just sort of was rocking in a corner because you, know, you, you don't expect anyone to ever read, anything, you know, especially a million people. And while the bulk of people liked it, there of course were people who did not like it. And those were the people I was most focused on and worried about. And so that's why I changed my kids' names because some people were saying they were going to come take away my children. Oh my goodness. Over an elf on the shelf post. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. <sighs> So crazy. And I mean, now I realize that people just say insane shit on the internet, but at the time that was closer to my first experience with trolls and things like that. And I took them literally. And so, um, so I changed my kids' names to Gomer and Adolfa. And now I just say, cause their real names are worse and I can't handle the real names. <laughs> one of their names. So, uh, yeah. So that was, you know, what is it? Six years ago now, I guess. And and that night, I, I wasn't quite sure what to do, but my husband, he's always been really supportive of my writing. And I, I have a degree in creative writing. My, my English teachers cringe every time they probably read something I've written because <laughs> I don't, my grammar is terrible. <laughs> but uh, but I, my husband was like, you know, you say you want to be a writer. You have 17,000 people. Like, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do tomorrow? And I was just sort of like, oh, no, no. And he's like, well, I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be great. And I said, it's never going to be as good as the elf. I'll never get that kind of, you know, attention again. And he's like, no, you probably won't. You're right. But don't be a one hit wonder either. So, you know, go do something and turn this into something for yourself. If this is what you really want to do. And it was, and so I just started writing and now I've got, you know, 600 blog posts and, wow, you know, 35 million views and eight books and two best, two New York times bestselling books. And so, yeah, so it's just been crazy. So you kind of, I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, it was a fluke start, but you've definitely capitalized on it. And, um, uh, you know, as a blogger myself, and and there are lots of people who are bloggers who listen to us or are people who run businesses and are trying to grow attention to their blogs. Um, what, what advice would you give to people on how to bring more people to their yard? Right. Um, you know, I actually have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, FAQs about this, like on my blog, but, um, so there's more information there, but I think that the number one thing I always say is, you know, I had this, I had this once in a lifetime opportunity that happened to me, but then I had to go to work. And I think that's, that's the thing is that they don't realize how much work it really is at this point. Now, like I am a full-time writer at this point, like this is a full-time career to do what I'm doing and to be able to manage the projects that I manage and all the different social media accounts. I mean, I have over a million fans now on social media and it's like, you know, to manage all that and to manage my, my books and my anthologies and my blog and my social media, it's a full-time job. And so, but to bring people to the yard is really just being authentic, I think is really what it comes down to being consistent and being authentic. Um, I wasn't consistent before I went viral. I sort of wrote whenever the muse hit me and I wasn't treating it like a business at all. But then when this opportunity hit, I realized that I really needed to treat it like a business. And so, you know, I make sure that every day I'm, you know, that I'm updating my social media, that I'm interacting there, that I'm working on something that will pay me down the road, whether Mm -hmm. today or tomorrow or a month from now. Um, And then promoting, I think half of half of what we do is promotion now at this point, you know, you're constantly and you're trying to be creative with it. You know, you can't just go out there and be like, Hey, you should buy my book. It's going to be hilarious. Like you have to entertain people and you have to 
um, get them invested in you and get them excited about you so that they want to help you. So they want to hear, you know, I, I guess this whole week, I don't know when this will air, but this week there was this, that hairy bathing suit. Did you see that hairy? Have oh my it? gosh, no. It's like a one, it's a one piece <laughs> bathing suit. Was, you put it on a woman, yeah. it's for a woman, but it looks like a man's hairy chest. And Ew. Like, it's disgusting, you know? But, <laughs> But I bet you 10 people sent that to me and said, I can't wait to hear what you think of this. Like, please blog about this. And so, you know, it's like that. You want them to think of you. They, now, I really don't want to be known as the hairy bathing suit lady. <laughs> you know? And, and it's like you kind of develop these things, these, these uh, things where your readers get invested with you or your customers right. or whoever it is, but that they think of you. You want them to think of you when um, – you know, when they see something that reminds them of you. And so, and the way to do that is for them to get to know you and to be authentic. And uh, about two years ago, one of the things I started was I felt like I was getting, I felt like I was getting distant. Um, I was getting too distant from my fans because my, my, my social media had grown so large that it had really just, you know, I had to be on a schedule and I had to, you know, I had to go through the comments and regulate it. And, and so I wasn't feeling very connected to my audience anymore. And so a couple of years ago, I decided to open up my Facebook, my personal Facebook profile and let you be my friend, let my readers be my friend and interact with me. And I'm very aware, like I'm, you know, I, I don't post anything that I don't want to right. be public. Like, I know that it's a public profile or whatever, but it has been so great because I have been able to actually connect with people and mm -hmm. really get to know them and know what they're doing. And they know me now. And I just, I, I really think that it's a matter of being authentic and connecting to people on a, on a real level and being honest with them and not trying to yeah. sell. Well, and I know how excited I was when you accepted my friend request. So <laughs> 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 but, you know, um, I, I've had the pleasure of meeting you in person and getting a couple mentoring sessions and some things like that and um, really learned a lot from you. But I think one of the most important things that you said to me when I met you at Blog U was that more than anything, you have to take a side. You can't just yeah. be on the fence. You have to be either all in or all out of something because I write on touchy subjects, but I always stay right in the middle. I don't yeah. want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to piss anybody off. Yeah. And, you know, the one time I did take a stand, I got a lot of response <laughs> and right. that helped also because you shared it, which was incredible. But, um, <laughs> but no, it, it's so true though. People, I think you just have to acknowledge the fact that some people are going to hate you and some people are going to love you, but nobody's going to be interested if it's not interesting and you have I, to take a stand. I think so. Yeah. Especially, you know, I think that's the main thing when people ask me about how to go viral, I think going viral most if you you know if I go back and I analyze because believe me if I could go viral every day I would you know? yeah. but it's like I go back and I analyze and I try to figure out because to me it's a very organic thing like I've just written something and somehow it touched people and so I go back to sort of analyze and be like okay well what did I say like what did I write right. and it's always the ones where I have a very hard opinion on something I have a very hard something that's visceral to me something that's personal to me a lot of times mm -hmm. you know that I feel very um most of the time when I'm writing those, I'm probably crying, like, or I'm rage writing. Or <laughs> like, and so my passion comes through that I am, I feel very, very strongly about this. I feel so strong. And because that's the thing is no one wants to support a wishy-washy, you know, they right. want to support and hate reads count as reads too. <laughs> so, so you know, true. Sort of my mantra, you know, <laughs> page view is a page view. <laughs> so that, yeah. I, I can, I can take the, I can take the heat and, um, and I encourage it. <laughs> so, so that's my other feeling too, but I never would write something and take a side just to go viral. You know, mm -hmm. you, that people can see through that and they can, and they can see that you're orchestrating that, but it's more though, you can't just, you can't worry about someone's feelings and you can't, not that. I shouldn't say that because that sounds terrible, but I mean like you can't worry what people are going to think. If it's your opinion and you feel that way, then you can't be afraid not, you can't be afraid to share that opinion. Right. And so you have to, you have to be, um, you have to be confident and you have to be, know, you have to know that you're ready to take the heat for that. And there'll be times, you know, my husband, he reads just about everything I write before I publish it on the blog. And, and sometimes he'll say like, this is, 
this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be interesting, Jen. You know, are you sure this is the one you want? I'm like, I'm sure. And, and for me, I always want to know, am I on the right side of this? Am I on the right side of it? And if I feel like I'm on the right side of it, then I'll take all the heat in the world for my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So I, I'm just ahead, scrolling Audrey. through the Elf on the Shelf blog that you wrote. Cause I was like, I, I hate fucking Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> But yet we, we have them. And I, um, in fact, this past December, one of my Facebook statuses was I want to go to the woman who created this house at two in the morning with an air horn and splash her with cold water because that's how I feel (laughs) at two in the morning every December. And I mean, our elf, when the person in charge of the elf gets drunk, the elf then like <laughs> hangs from a fan and it's just not good. Or one morning I was like sneaking up and I'm in just my t-shirt and panties and I'm trying to get the damn thing off the window shelf. So I'm standing on the sink and I turn around and there's my daughter and she's, and I just, the first thing I said was, I just felt like touching him. Like I just felt like touching him. And her eyes are, I mean, she's crying because she's like, you killed him. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so funny. You know, I, so, I, I got a lot of crap from my friends and family this year because I actually, I posted on my Facebook page. I was like, I can't take it anymore. I told the kids the elf died. Yeah. <laughs> no. Because I was like, I'm not doing it. And people were like, you are terrible. And I'm like, you know what? They kept touching it last year and he had to go to the hospital a couple of times. <laughs> and this year, I don't want to move it every day. So yeah. I just told him that he must have died because he never came back. Yeah. It's a hard last, lesson. Last year, last year, my oldest, he, he knew the secret was out. And so I put him in charge of the elf. I was like, oh, you're fine. in charge of the elf now. And yeah. I make it fun for your sister. Cause, cause he was like, Oh my God, it was you. You never made it fun. I was like, no, I didn't. You're right. <laughs> no, I hated it. He's like, I thought we just had a lazy elf. I'm like, no, you just have a lazy mother. <laughs> so I say, okay, well, you know what, you know, Mr. Cool, like go ahead, get on Pinterest. There's a billion ideas. <laughs> I was like, you can trash my kitchen and clean it later. And so he did about two nights. He made it through two nights. Uh-huh. And by the third night, he was like, this sucks. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes exactly. thank you. Exactly, exactly. Oh but God. I do have a question as far, so your elf post kind of puts you on the map, would you say? Do you, oh, yeah. um, do you then appreciate the elf? <laughs> do you I say, love that little <laughs> When you read it, like I'm not anti-elf. I'm right. Anti, it's just I'm anti-drama. Like I'm anti yes. like making the magic so magical. Yes. Um, you know, because that was my main problem. Because it all happened because I I forgot to move him. It was the first week of December, and I was already forgetting to move him. <laughs> and I got up to move him in the middle, you know, at midnight or whatever. And I updated my Facebook to say, "Ugh, am I the only one, you know, forgetting to move this elf?" And like 20 moms chimed in. Ah, shit, I forgot mine too. Ah, <laughs> you know, got to get out of bed now and do it. And so it was all these things. And then this woman who had no children said, I don't see what the big deal is, moms. You just need a system. And she dropped this oh. 101 ideas. And I did not know that any of that stuff existed yet. I was still very, like, I was not on social media um, with my blog. I, I didn't know what Pinterest was. I didn't know what Twitter was. And so this was a link that she'd found on Pinterest. And then when I went down the rabbit hole and I saw so many of these, you know, magical, amazing ideas to do with your kid, I'm like, oh, fuck no. I am a good mom. And <laughs> No, I'm like, I am not going to trash my kitchen. I am not going to make a hot air balloon out of underwear. Like, fuck you, you know? And so that, I think, was really where a lot of that came from. Like, I still love the little guy, and I will always love him. And people nail me Like, I have a bunch of them now. And, you know, and I love him, and I adore him, and I will always be grateful to that stupid little doll for what he did and I will always have one in my home and I will blow him kisses every Christmas yeah. every, every December that post goes again you know it, it, it rises to the top again and it gets shared again and I find all new readers again and again with that thing that's, that's awesome. awesome 
I well, still hate him. I, 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 I hate mean, mine. Poor little Chippy. He's going to the consignment store this year. Because <laughs> no, no. somebody else can enjoy his magical oh, powers. No. No. I, just, I can't. I, I just I couldn't keep up with it. And then I started to hate him. And yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. So, um, you know, and, and the whole Pinterest thing, that's something we talk about in our book and our Lose the Cape book about how we don't, we try to be very um, non-judgmental towards any type of mom. And if that's your thing, go do it and go do it in your glory. But it's when the, it gets to the point where people feel so much pressure that they have to make um, mutant Ninja Turtles out of Oreos to send yep. to the class party. And, and that now you feel like you're the bad mom because you bought um, store-bought Valentine's Day cards instead of putting together little gift packages for each mm-hmm. child on Valentine's Day. That's where my frustration comes in. But, Mine too. You very you know. Well, and I feel like, and you know, and it's one thing, like I have several friends who are overachievers that I have discovered over <laughs> the years that are overachievers, but they actually, they'll own it. They're like, uh-huh. no, I love making those, you know, yes. I love making dynamite out of uh-huh. uh, licorice sticks and, yes. you know, wrapping them up for Valentine's Day. And I don't mind if you own it. Like if you're like, no, I love doing this. This is all for me. I think this is great. And, but it's one thing to do that. It's another thing to say like, oh no, we just, we just whipped this up. Just something we thought of last night. Right. If I had around the house, no biggie. And no, it was a big fucking deal. Like you worked hard. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And and the really sad thing is, is my daughter is going to be an overachiever. Like she already has her own Pinterest account and she's like, mom, we should make this stuff. And I'm like, you go for it girl. But Mm -hmm. I am that so I'll be very curious to see what kind of mom she really ends up being yeah no <laughs> I love to do all that stuff <laughs> that's a really good point and I feel the same way about it too I'm, I'm I'm excited that the children have moms in the class that bring them really cool things like that just as long as I always maintain to keep the bar very low for my own children <laughs> Right. Because I just don't have the gene. It's not even that I don't like it. I don't have the time. I don't have the interest. And I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. When my son was like two, I'm a fairly crafty person usually. I always say I could have gone either way with my blog. That I could have done like a DIY and gone to the dark side and done like (laughs) amazing crafts and shit like that. I have a craft room in my house. Like I like to craft. And and I like to do that. But when he was two, he was really into pirates. And I saw this pirate ship and I was like in some magazine and I was like, oh, I'm going to make that. And my husband was like, maybe you should do like a trial run first. <laughs> and I was like, no, I can make that. And he's like, just, you know, trial run it. And you know that meme where you see where it's like, you know, I spent $80 <laughs> like in craft supplies. Like I spent like a hundred dollars to oh, make this. Because it was like, you know, you must have these special cookies for the porthole windows and you need these. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> oh my God. The thing like it couldn't stay together. Like I tried to make it. It looked like shit in the morning. And my poor son, he came downstairs at two, you know, he's like two years old and he comes downstairs and he looks at it and he's like, what the pirate ship and I'm like you can see it you can see it and he's like yeah I was like but I was like yeah don't worry we'll go to this bakery and we'll buy a real one like yeah you know? and that's when I realized like no this is not like I can make a wreath but I can't make a cake I can't right. make it an, and and once you have kids like I don't have time for that nonsense right like, I'll make like I'd love to make one really cute valentine but I don't make 30 valentines right. so. exactly yes and I don't know if y'all's kids right now the slime like yeah. the constant, oh with the slime, yes. cornstarch, and the food dye. That slime um, that they make at yeah. home with the oh well, my This gosh. is like with glue and oh. laundry detergent and glitter, yeah. and <laughs> oh, I'm slimed out. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, yeah. let's talk about. So your first book then was people I want to punch in the throat, right? So, no, it was actually spending the holidays with people I want to punch in the throat. <laughs> At least I got the people I want to punch in the throat yeah. part right. I'm just jacking yeah. you up all up all up on this one. Um, oh, so, so now that one was geared towards family members that drive you bonkers. Or yeah. tell us about that one. Right. So, so I started blogging in 2011. I went viral in December, and then almost like immediately, like like my readers were saying, like you should write a book. You should write a book. And I was like, I don't know how to write a book. <laughs> and um, and so I was talking to a friend that spring, actually, no, it was summer. <laughs> this is horrible. It was summer. And I said, you know, they want me to write a book and she's like a marketing guru. And so she's like, well, the Elf on the Shelf is your number one post still. And I was like, of course. And she's like, okay, so write a Christmas book, put the elf in it and write other stories that you've never told before. And she's like, and I said, well, when would I have to have that ready? Like December? And she's like, September. I'm like, oh, shit. 
So we left the pool party and I went home and I started writing and my husband learned how to self-publish because we, I felt like, you know, I think that's the other thing when you were saying earlier about, you know, finding your audience and working, you know, my iron, your iron is only hot for so long. Uh -huh. And I felt like I knew that New York moves at the pace of a glacier and uh -huh. I had had no interest whatsoever. And so I thought, I'm not going to waste any time trying to figure out how to find an agent and how to get this published. And so I thought, I'm just going to self-publish it. And so that's what I did with that one. So that one came out in October of 2012. And then that led to Random House Finding Me. And then um, they we fixed that book because it was terrible. <laughs> Sorry, it was really bad. And we fixed it and we made it better and longer. And then we also published, um, they published the People I Would Punch in the Throat book, Competitive Crafters, Drop-Off Death Spots, and Other Suburban Scourges. And so the, the Spending the Holidays, yes, it's mostly about, it was mostly about my family at first. And then it's it kind of, uh, I added more stories to it about being a mom at Christmas time and what that's like. And um, my husband and the gifts that he's given me over uh, for Mother's Day that sucked. And so, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure man. there's a lot of books about <laughs> a lot of stories about that. Yes. Yeah. And oh so my that's goodness. what that one's all about. And then you started the, I just want to pee alone. Yeah. I started that one in 2012 as well. I think um, I, I, you know, after I went viral and then I did the spending the holidays as a self pub book, and then it did really well on Amazon. Like it sold really, really well. And so right after that, I started getting a lot of attention from other bloggers and writers saying, how can I do this? Like, what, mm -hmm. what, what can I do? And I was like, dude, if I knew I'd do it every day, I don't know. <laughs> and so I said, well, I know what I can do. I can, I know how to publish books now. <laughs> so I said, um, what if we put together a book and everyone gave me one story and you, everyone can tell one funny story. I really think everybody has one funny story in them. And I said, give me one funny story. You don't have to do a whole book and I'll put it together as a book and we'll publish it and we'll all put it on our social media platforms and we'll see if we can sell it. And, and so that's how I just want to pee alone came. And that book is still like this mother's day. Again, it was like at the top of the bestsellers list. I mean, it's yeah. just the little book that won't quit. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it res again, it's something that just resonates with, with parents, you know, yeah. all the little things that nobody ever tells us about being a parent that drive us batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> now I think the market, or, you know, the market has been really saturated now with those kinds of books. And so yeah. people kind of roll their eyes and say, oh, you know, another, another funny parenting book. But, <laughs> but I do think that like everybody has a different story to tell. I think that everybody, you know, we all have the same story of someone having a temper tantrum in the middle of target, but right. it's how you tell that story. That's right. Different. Absolutely. And that's why I keep going back to the well. Well, I love it. So the, the most recent one, the fifth book in the series, uh -huh. um, but did you die? Has, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm super excited looking through the list of authors because it's people that I know follow and a lot of them have been um, able to meet in person, which is awesome. But um, Katia Bischoff, Kim Bongiorno, Elizabeth Catalano, Sarah Cottrell, Mike Cruz, Victoria Fedden. I mean, these are my people. So I'm super excited about this book. Catherine Lehane. Ellie Lennon. I don't even know if I'm mm. saying all of their last names wrong. <laughs> Susan Accarelli. I mean, just uh, just a great a great list of both moms and dad bloggers. Really, really talented writers in here. And I have a copy of the book that you that you sent me. Thank you. I have not finished reading it yet. It's on my list for this weekend. But I will be posting my review as soon as I get done with that. But just looking at the list, though, I can tell it's hilarious. I hope so. I mean, I tried it. You know, I. I've kind of gotten some flack over the years with these books because it kind of feels like a, maybe like a private group or a private club of some kind, but it's really to cut down on my work. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know who writes well and you know I, who well, can deliver. Thing, yeah. I stalk but. people throughout the year and I sort of make a list of who I want to invite. And then I always over invite because I know that, you know, either things are going to come up or I'm not, you know, the story might be, might not be a good fit or whatever. Um, 
And then this year when I, I, and every year I think I'm going to be done. Like I say, these books are like childbirth that like, while you're in the middle of it, you're just like, never again will I do this. <laughs> like, you know, you're managing like 35 different personalities. And, like, you know, and we are, I don't know if you knew, but writers are kind of a weird bunch. <laughs> so, like, I would have never so, guessed that. <laughs> so you were like, I, you know, my, I'm like a cat herder. And then I'm also <laughs> person who tells everyone how you know no you are beautiful believe it you know and so, <laughs> so it's just like so every time I'm like never again and then the book comes out and then I hold my baby and I'm like oh you're so beautiful okay maybe and um and so I go back to my list and so I have some people who are sort of my my uh, my anchors at this point that I know I can always count on who can always get me something good to publish and then I can always know it's going to be a good story from them and then I like to branch out and so this time when I had this idea for but did you die I was like you know what I should let the guys in like yeah. I've never let the guys in before and um part of it was I just never I just don't hang out with dad bloggers that much it's yeah. just I don't know I'm I'm a girl's girl and um but I had over the last few years, I've met a bunch of them now over, the, over you know, at different conferences and online. And, and I was like, you should let some, some dads in and let's get some dads. And plus with the topic, cause a lot of times it's been about either motherhood or, or I just want to be perfect was about, you know, trying to be a perfect woman. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so this one kind of made more sense that the guys could actually do it too. And so I was like, let's let some guys in and the guys, it has been, it has been really fun. It's been a totally different mix. I mean, I, I'm probably going to get like a lawsuit for sexual harassment because like, <laughs> I'm always like, like we are like create private chat rooms for my re for my writers so we can communicate with each other. And I'm always in there going like ass laps for everybody. And I was like, oh, sorry, fellas. <laughs> Luckily, they're they're very they have very good. I was gonna say it, it's Mike, it's Mike, Rodney, and Eli. I don't think you have to worry about a lawsuit from those three. <laughs> well, anything, uh, yeah, like uh, Mike, Rodney, and uh, and uh, uh, Jeff. Uh, they they lined up to be first. Oh, so, who, I miss um, Jeff and the and the thing. Jeff and Jeff and Jill. I can't. Um, Jeff. Oh God. I, I, I'm not going to names on Jeff Terry, Jeff Terry. It's not one. just me. I'm glad to see <laughs> yeah. this. Jeff Terry. Yeah. I'm terrible with names when I, you know, and it's like, I call everybody by their blog name. I'm like, Jeff and Jill, you know, Jeff and Jill. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they all lined up first. And so I was like, oh, thank God. You know, but I was like, sorry, fellas, this is kind of what we do. And with the ladies, we get mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, we just okay. Can, so for okay. those of us who did not get a sneak peek, of the <laughs> sorry, <laughs> just gonna say it. Um, can you um, tell our listeners a little bit? Look, I mean, I can kind of gather what I think it's about, but can you kind of just share a little bit? Yeah. What actually? But did you die? I mean, I say that so often that <laughs> I feel like maybe I wrote the book too. <laughs> I was, um, you know, when I came up with the first one, I had the idea, but I didn't have a title yet for it. And so I was sort of trying to brainstorm and think about, you know, well, what's something that all moms say or feel or, and so that's kind of how I just want to pee alone. And then, but did you die came up because yeah, I say that all the time to my kids, like they're 10 and 12 now. And so I'm not so concerned about, you know, it used to be if they hurt themselves, mommy came running to see what was wrong. And now I'm just like, no blood, no problem. You're fine. And you know, I mean, last night I got, I'd been gone all day yesterday and I got home just in time to take my son to baseball. And, and he's like, dad didn't feed me dinner. And I was like, but did you die? Like, you're going to be fine. Like you yeah. got two hours to stand down in a ball field and pretend like play baseball and then we're gonna be fine you're gonna survive this you know we do not need a telethon and so um and so the idea was just sort of like sort of just terrible stories and parenting advice um that because that's the other thing too is I felt like when I was when I was a parent I felt like a lot of the advice was uh it wasn't very real world advice. And so, and I remember uh, a long time ago when my daughter was about two, we were having a hard time getting her to brush her teeth. And, <laughs> and this woman in a play group I was at said, Oh, we tell our son that there are monsters in his teeth and he has to brush them to get them out. And I was like, does that shit work? And she's like, it does. And so that night I was like, Hey, there are monsters in your mouth. You need to brush, you know, to get them out. And she was like, like equal parts terrified and kind of intrigued. And so she was like, okay. And she's like, did I get uh -huh. them all? And I'm like, no, there's still some on top. And, and so I kind of wanted to be like that too, like advice for um, how to get your kids to do stuff. And so like my stories about my son, my son is 12 this year. And um, 
we're in middle school and it has been um, so much smell and stink and flipping bottles and spinning things mm-hmm. and eye rolling. And I have found that what works with him to, you know, there's not a lot when he was little, I could take away Legos and Thomas the train and, you know, things like that from him. And now there's really nothing that bothers him. He does not want for anything. He doesn't need anything. And so now it's just shame is what works for him. Mm -hmm. And so um, he was not wearing his coat this winter and walking home from school without a coat on. And so I told him that I would come to school I would drive to school. I would get out of the van and say, hello, pumpkin. Hello. How was your day? And I was like, and I will lay you on the ground and I will put you into your coat and zip you up and I will walk home with you holding your hand the whole way. (laughs) And I was like, if you don't wear your coat, this is what I'm going to do. And so he kind of was like, well, I'll take it, but you'll never know that I'm wearing it. And I I was like, I will drive by. And I will watch you. I was like, that's the beauty of having a mother who works from home. Like, I have no schedule, baby. I am all yours. And so I did. I drove by in the van. And he and he had his coat on. And so I did not embarrass him. But like another day, you know, he did not. He was on his phone. He's not supposed to be on his phone. And I yelled at him from the van. And I was like, get off your phone. You know, I will drive you home. I will pick you up right now. And so, so I think that, that you know, the shame tends to work with the 12 to 13 set. And so uh-huh. it's a lot of just a real world practical, terrible advice that makes you feel like a better parent. And then we also have um, also Lauren's in there. She is not a parent, but she is like that terrible friend who tells you that you're parenting wrong. And she has, <laughs> she has really good advice for the rest of us that we're all going to throw back in her face someday and be like, <laughs> and so, um, so hers is hilarious. And I actually got an email from somebody who was like, shouldn't all your contributors be parents? And I didn't, I just assumed it was snarky. Maybe it wasn't, but it felt snarky. And I was like, no, it shouldn't. Like she had something to share that we can all learn from too. So yeah. there you go. Why do people do that though? Do you, I don't know. why do they feel the need to, that drives me crazy. People will <laughs> message me on my product stuff. Don't you think you should, you know, do this instead? Um, why don't you create your own business and do it? Right. Right. I, I can't stand that. You should write a book about that. <laughs> really good <laughs> advice. Well, the next yes. book is working with people I want to punch in the throat. So that work. Oh yeah. Oh, that's like, going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll add that to my want to read shelf right away. Yes. But sadly, my kids are at the top of the list on people I want to punch right now. I will not. I do not. I have never punched my kids, but I have thought about it because I have <laughs> a 10 year old and she's uh, in that same yeah. rolling her eyes and life just sucks. And I just suck. And her sister is horrible. Her sister is a full bitch though. So I can see how, <laughs> but this summer, like I'm on the countdown to school because I think we've been out too. Yes. Because they will not get along. Mm-hmm. And I do. I'm like, I could throat punch them and that would shut them up for just a little bit. I won't, I haven't, and I don't. Okay, people, I do not, I love my children, but they're aggravating the shit out of me. Right. Well, that's when I, you know, I'll have people, I did a book signing a couple weeks ago, and this woman walked in, and she looked at my book, and she said, oh, that title, it's so violent. And I said, it's not a how-to manual. (laughs) And and so I was like, well, then there's nothing here for you. And she just looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, seriously, if the title offends you, then you should move along. Because if you really think that that's what I'm doing to people, you're insane. Like, I've not... You should, I mean, you can see me. I look like a Cabbage Patch Kid. Like, I'm five <laughs> small. Like, I don't, I've never punched anybody. I might yell at people from my car occasionally, but I don't sit out and punch anybody. Yes. It's so, so strange. People are strange. Yes. But you know what? I'm glad that you have the confidence and the, the self-esteem to be able to respond to people like that. Because I think people need to hear that from time to time. That, you know, I'm sure she would never guess that you would tell her to just move on. You're there to sell your book. So you'd be like, oh, but blah, 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 you know, you've got to buy it. It's so good. Please, please mm-hmm. just try it. You know, yeah. and I think that's how I used to be. Because I think the first few times I heard that, it sort of surprised me. And I was like, oh, God. And now I'm just kind of used to it. And I'm just like, I, I just, it's not worth it. You know, um, before I started writing, I was in, I was in real estate sales. And my husband has a long history of sales. And when 
one of the first things he taught me was because I used to get really discouraged when people would tell us no, like when we'd call somebody and, you know, can I list your house? No. And, and I would try to like, Oh, but come on, come on. And, and he just like, okay, bye. And, and he's like, you have to get through the nose to get to a yes. He's like, why would you beg someone to work with you who doesn't want to work with you? And, yeah. and so, and that's kind of how I feel like I am not everybody's cup of tea and I get that. And so I just need to go find the people who like my tea and, yes. and worry about that. And so, um, and so a person who is immediately turned off by my book titles or by my covers, you know, is that a toilet on the cover? Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, like I want the people who are like, Oh my God, that's a toilet. I love that. You know, that is my people. Those are my people. Hello. Yes. And well, clearly you've found plenty of people who like your tea. So (laughs) (laughs) I need more, at least it's not Kool-Aid, but I need more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Well, I will have to say one of the most fun things about you, um, opening up your, your Facebook page, your Facebook, uh, profile and allowing people in as your friends, is just kind of seeing some of the behind the scenes, Jen. And I have always wondered where, did your bias against pants come from? Why do you hate pants? <laughs> she's, she's just some background. If you're not a friend of hers on Facebook and don't see this, like she never wears pants. And when she does, she posts a picture of it. I'm wearing pants. Book launch day, got pants on. What's up with the pants? I don't know. Okay, so if you can see me right now, like I, I really, if I'd known even just this much of me was going to show, I would not have probably even worn a real, a real shirt. But I'm actually wearing a real shirt and a real bra. And I posted on Facebook. I don't know if you saw, you were doing another interview, but like, I finally read your instructions about how to do this video or this interview. And in my mind, it was a podcast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love podcasts. I don't have to do my hair. I don't have to put on pants. And then I read the instructions and it was like, there will be video. And I'm like, oh, shit. And so I was like, I need a bra, quick, you know. And so I'm like getting to, ah, I just pulled out my earbud. So it's like I'm getting dressed and I'm doing, um, putting lipstick on or whatever. And then my husband's like, are you going to wear pants? And I was like, hell no, you're never going to see those. So I have on right now, I have pajama pants on (laughs) and a real shirt, but I do have pajama pants. Um, I don't know. I just never, I do my best work in pajamas, which is really funny because my dad for years, my dad worked from home. He had his own business and he worked from home. He had a home office and he would put on a suit every day and go to his office in the basement. And I was always like, that's insane. And I was like, the only reason why I would ever wear a suit is because I have to. And that's kind of how I feel. And over the years, you know, so real estate was great too, because I worked from home as a realtor. Mm-hmm. And unless I was showing houses, I was in my pajama pants. Like I have a thousand pairs of pajama pants and yoga pants and, mm-hmm. and I just would wear those. And then if I had to go show house, I would then put on real clothes. And then, um, yeah. And then I don't know, like I, one day I just posted a picture of myself in pants. Cause I think it'd been just so long that even I was like surprised. <laughs> I was like, Oh wow. Like I'm wearing pants. And I got so many likes on that. And I was like, Holy shit, you guys really like pants. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I see why the Kardashians post so much of their stuff. Like you feel like a Kardashian. Cause everyone's like, you're so cute. Oh my God, look at you. You're adorable. And I'm like, go on. <laughs> And I'm just such a narcissist. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I think you should know every time I wear pants. And so, <laughs> and it's just another thing that just sort of resonated with people. And now, like, I mean, like someone sent me a mug that's like, no pants, no problem. I was trying to see which one I have. Today I have my bite me, my, my gingerbread bite me mug. But normally, sometimes I have my no pants, no problem mug down here with me. And, um, but yeah, it's just kind of become like my shtick, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, people love it. Now, am I am I confusing it with another post that I saw, or did someone um, get you in on the Lularoe leggings? Yes, yes. One I of thought readers, so. I thought yeah, that was one you. of my readers is a she's a rep, and so she'd sent me a pair and said, "Try these. These are like the the best of both worlds." And I will say, I like now even like my you know pants are leggings. <laughs> yeah, they're so, well, they're so soft. That I they love are. the soft ones. Oh my they goodness, they are. They're so comfy, and so now I'm just like tunics and leggings. That's that's like my uniform. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm not gonna lie. When you humped on earlier. We weren't doing, we were doing video, but it wasn't a video. And I was like, Alexa, I haven't had time to put on makeup. So you can hear that in the last interview. (laughs) And I have a a cute shirt, but I totally have on hot pink shorts. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I have to tell you when we were, before our first guest came on today, I was like, okay, Aubrey, 
Jen Mann. She's our second interview. She's got a lot of fans. We're putting this on YouTube. I'm like, we're putting on makeup. <laughs> so that when you hopped on early, neither of us had put on makeup for the first interview. I had on like, like, like my. We didn't get one on makeup. I was like, oh, we're putting on makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I had on a workout tank top. I was like, oh my God. No. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. Well, because I, I don't like to wear pants either. <laughs> yeah. They're just overrated, you know? And now my kids are the same way. Like, I feel like I've, you know, they're just like, you know, like last night I was like, anybody want to go to dinner? And they're just like, do we have to get dressed? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of frowned upon to yeah. go in your pajamas. <laughs> well, that would, I mean, they brought 90s clothes back. So I think pajamas as attire will be a thing soon too, because I'm like, gosh, uh, velvet chokers and um, oh, hammer yeah. pants. Yeah. What? Why? <laughs> I don't well actually the town I live in if you frequent the dollar general store it is okay to wear pajama pants and shoes <laughs> and Walmart there's always Walmart oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah God, make sure you put your curlers in your hair too um, <laughs> so I on a more serious question I would like to know um because you've come through really such rapid from just you know Jen to famous Jen like what are some of the most important lessons that you learned along the way of how has it impacted your life and is there anything you would have done differently wow that was hard okay that's a big question uh, sorry <laughs> uh, first of all famous Jen makes me laugh that's <laughs> Um, you're I famous think, in my circles, yeah. so that counts. <laughs> my mom says you're famous. So, um, I think that what I would have done differently, I don't know that it would have, I mean, we made some really, we made some really hard and final choices at the beginning when I first went viral, you know, I probably could have had like more like national media and that sort of thing. Um, but I was really worried about my children's privacy. I felt like, um, at that time they were four and six and they didn't know what they were signed up for, you know, and I really wanted to keep them out of it, especially since I do write about controversial stuff. And, and so there are days when we sort of kick ourselves and say, Oh, we could, you know, we, we should have exploited our children more. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but now that they're like 12 and 10 and they are aware of what I do and their friends are aware of what I do, like, I'm glad that we, that we did do that. Um, it, it, it hindered the career in some ways, you know, for, for what I could have had maybe, but I think, so it was a little bit maybe slower grow and different grow, but I'm glad that I did that. And I'm glad that we made that decision early on and stuck with it. Um, I think maybe the other thing, I think maybe what I would have done differently too is I think I would have let people know me more, um, early on. I think, you know, I, I shielded them, but I also shielded myself. I really, I was, I was anonymous at the beginning. And for the first, gosh, probably three or four years, I was anonymous. No, you know, I didn't go to conferences. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't meet people. I didn't do a video podcast like this. You know, I didn't want anyone to know. I, I joked that, um, you know, I get enough ridicule for what I write. I didn't need anyone to, I didn't need to hear that my hair is bad too. And so I just didn't really want to be out there. And and I was kind of afraid to be out there. And I was afraid of, it's one thing to have people say stuff to you on the internet, but it's another to maybe have them say it to your face or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I just didn't really want that. And I missed out on a lot of, not just opportunity business-wise, but also just an opportunity to connect to people that I'm so glad I'm connected to now, mm -hmm. but who knows who I could have missed, you know? And so I wish I would have done that sooner. I wish I would have let people into my private life and let them know that I don't wear pants and, and things like that <laughs> early on and, and gone to conferences and networked with people and made some friends. Uh, Cause this is a lonely business yeah. and you're by yourself a lot and you just have you and your brain telling you that you suck and the comments are telling you that you suck. And if you don't have a good um, support system, it can be hard. And I think that's the other advice I would say is to find a good support system. I'm always, you know, you went to blog you and we were all about tribe. It's all about oh, yeah. tribe because um, many of us who were um, on the staff at blog you that first year, especially we are a tribe, you know, and, and we are the ones who, 
those are the people who I call first and who I talk to first when I'm having a bad day or, or a business opportunity that I don't know what to do with. You know, that's the other thing. We were, we're very honest with each other um, about, hey, so-and-so wants to work with me. What do, we, what do you charge for that? You know, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of bloggers, especially they keep very tight-lipped. You know, you can tell that they're successful, but you don't know how they're successful. You don't know what they're doing to get that success. And you don't know. And half the time it's bullshit. Yeah. And the other half the time they just won't tell you. They won't tell you. That it's like a secret. And, um, and so you need to find people who you can trust and who will talk to you and be honest with you and tell you and help you. And you can help them. Um, you know, at, at Blog U, I, I talk about when the water rises, all boats rise. That yeah. I feel like. And that's how I feel with P alone and all those anthologies is that, you know, when there are 36 of us working together for a book success, it's going to go a lot easier than when it's just me working for that book success. And, um, and so we're not competition and we're not there. The readers, there's enough readers to go around. You know, my guess is you and I share readers and, and they don't choose and they don't say, Oh, today I'm only going to read Alexa. or I'm only going to read Jen. They, they, they read all of us. They're, they're voracious. And so, I mean, I think that's the other, I would have formed a tribe sooner. I didn't do that. Cause again, I was, I was leery and, yeah. and it's hard, you know, when you're kind of the viral girl on the block that everyone is kind of, they say they're happy for you, but, yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, yeah. and they're like, and so since then, like, I've tried to reach out, like I reached out, like when Karen Alpert, baby Cyburns, like when she went viral, I saw her go viral the first time and I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, this, it's really lonely right now. And I know how you're feeling. And if you want to talk and you want to, you know, you're going to have a lot of things coming at you and a lot of opportunities. And if you want to talk, like I'll talk to you and I'll help you. Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing with David Del Porto from, um, mm-hmm. uh, my life suckers, you know, when she went viral with her video and because I felt like I was alone and I would have, I would have, I would have been so grateful if somebody had, had helped me navigate some of that at the beginning. Yeah. And it's funny how, um, how, how people, it is funny now that you think about how people isolate it. I think part of it is just uh, the intimidation factor. Yeah. Like you think, okay, there's this person they're they're doing so well, they're so famous. They're not going to want to talk to me or they're, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they don't have time for me. So I, I guess it's a two-way street of saying, you know, don't, don't be afraid to reach out. Now, if the person's an asshat and is rude back to you, but you've never been an asshat to me. Thank you. <laughs> you I try, you know, my, that's the thing too. You're right. And with a name like people, I'm going to punch in the throat. People are always a little intimidated, you right. know, to, yeah. to say anything. And, um, but my whole thing is like, if you're not an asshole to me, I'm not an asshole to you. Like yeah. you set the tone right. and. Like, I don't just come out swinging and saying, why did you contact me? So it's like, I'm willing to help. But, uh, but a few years ago, I did have to turn it into more like a consulting business because, sure. because so I, many people was, ask. Yeah. I just had a lot, you know? And so I was like, well, here's the thing. Like, I'm happy to talk to you like once, but like after that, like we have to, yeah. I can completely appreciate that too. Cause that's how it is with my um, writer coaching too. And, and it's like, at first I was like doing so many free consultations and then it's like, okay, I'm spending all my time consulting yeah. people for free and you know, yeah, I get it. Um, well, we'll speak- it okay. who's, who's, who's serious about their success too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, if exactly. you're willing to invest in your career, then you're, then you're probably going to do what I'm suggesting. Cause I think that's your thing. And I'm sure you see that too, where it's like, yeah. you give this advice and it falls on deaf ears. Exactly. And so, and so you're just like, well, that was a waste of my hour. <laughs> so well, and so people, to me, I feel like if you're going to pay to be here, you then you want to be here and you're really going to take what I say and use it. Exactly. I have one final question for you and then I'll let Aubrey talk if she wants to say anything, but, um, she gets to talk. Yeah, I know she didn't get punched that much this time. She's used to it though. She, she hasn't given me any of our, we have signals in play. If I'm yeah. talking too much and she really wants to say anything, I get the eyebrow, but oh, she hasn't done that yet. So we're okay. She's, but, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I have a question for the writers and the people in our group that want to write books because you've had the benefit of self-publishing, being picked up by one big five, and then going back to self-publishing. So I'd like to know. Um, I, I get really frustrated with people when they say I'm never gonna I'm never gonna do this in any other way than traditional. 
And because there's still some, you know, belief that the only way to publish a book is a traditional publisher. So I'd love to hear your insights on why you, why you left traditional once you had that option, if you can talk about it. Right. Well, I didn't leave. Um, okay. I'm still, I still have a foot in both worlds. Um, it really depends on the project. For me, it depends on the book. Um, so for my People I Want to Punch in the Throat books, both of those are published through Random House through Valentine. Mm -hmm. And they had, a, they had an option to see the, the next book. And they looked at the working book. They looked at the, um, for a nonfiction book, you don't give them the book, you give them a, um, a proposal. And so they looked at the proposal. And we just decided that it probably wasn't a good fit. And, um, and I decided that personality-wise, I'm not sure that I'm a good fit always for traditional. Um, I'm a person who, as you can see, I mean, just this year already I've published two books and I've got a third before the year is over. And so um, New York doesn't want to move that fast and, and they can't move that fast. You know, there's just too many, too many people that have to touch the project. And, and so the, the anthologies, I have always kept self-published. Um, for me, those were books that just, it just makes more sense to be self-published when there's 36 of us and then it's enough for me to manage, but then to try to try to sell it and all of us agree and, you know, it just was going to be too difficult. And so those I've always kept self-published. Um, My Lame Life was the, it's a YA book that I wrote and uh, it came out in May. And I gave that one to my agent and I, I gave him, I gave him a worse draft than what it ended up being I, in, in his defense, but he came back and kind of was like, meh, there's nothing really exciting here. <laughs> and, and, you know, and as a, I know you think like I'm famous or whatever, like as you say, but, but like, I'm not, I'm not known for fiction and, you know, I'm known for nonfiction and right. I'm not known for fiction. And I knew that it would be kind of an uphill battle to try to get a publisher to take a chance on because at that point I'm basically unknown. They have no idea that what I'm going to do with it. And, and again, I didn't really have the patience for it. And so, um, Oh crap. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and so I took, I, I took it back and I was kind of thinking about fixing it and doing some things to make it more, um, more, more, I guess, I don't know what, more interesting, I guess for him. And my daughter was like, you should just self-publish it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And she's like, why, why worry about them? Like why work on their schedule, work on your schedule. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, thank you, Yoda. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're wiser than I am. And, and so that's what we decided to do is um, to bring it in. And I'm kind of a control freak and I, and I like things the way I like things. And so I brought that one in. I'm not opposed to taking it to a, a publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I'm a I am a loudmouth mom who lives in Kansas, and there are not there's not a big market for me. And <laughs> even even with the people I want to punch in the throat, I mean, they weren't quite sure how to how to package me and how to sell me, um, because I'm not I, I'm not that person who you know I don't write thoughtful tirades about society and you know feminism or any of those things. I mean, all that sort of stuff like is through there, but that's not that's not what I'm taking my stand on and I'm not, I'm not a commentator and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just a goofy mom. And, and so, um, so I definitely, you know, I'm keeping my foot and I will still send my agent everything that I, that I write and see what he thinks. But, um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to wait for them and I'm not going to change myself a whole lot for them. Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, it goes back to cup of tea. Like mm -hmm. if a publisher, if a, you know, if, I think at this point, the publishers, I have enough stuff online at this point and you can find me pretty easily. And if a publisher found me, I'm definitely interested in hearing what they have to say and what their ideas are. But, um, you know, one of the publishers, not the one I chose for people, for people on punch and throw, it went into a, like a bidding with, with like, I think five or six other publishers and one of, and so I had to talk to all of them and hear what they had for ideas and one said something about like I see your book at Spencer's gifts and I was like what yeah. like 
I'm like, like fake vomit is hilarious, but you know, and I was like, unless Spencer's like, I haven't been in a Spencer's in 20 years or 40, 30 years, probably at this point, but like, unless it's changed a lot, I'm not sure that's where I belong. And, (sighs) and, you know, and I think that's the thing, like I'm a very hard, it's hard to pin me and figure out where I go and where I fit. And even my YA, I mean, my YA is, is weird and queer, quirky and funny and, (laughs) It's not, I, I sent it to a bunch of, um, I asked my readers to tell me if they were a librarian so I could send it to them so they could read it and maybe talk about it at their libraries and order it. And um, one of the librarians came back to me and said, this is so refreshing. I'm so glad to, she's a high school librarian. And she said, I'm so glad to be able to tell the kids when they come in, um, here's a book that doesn't have dead parents, dead kids, dragons, or drugs. And uh-huh. she's like, you know, it's just a funny quirky read. And I was like, yay, that's my goal. You know, I want to be Judy Bloom for, for now. And, yeah. um, you know, with my nonfiction, they call me Irma ba- Bombeck with F-bombs. Now I just want to be Judy Bloom with F-bombs. And, <laughs> you know, like, like, I just want to write fun books that can, re- that you can relate to, you know, when yeah. you were a kid, the same as I write for adults. Like I want books that kids can see themselves in and relate to and know that they're not alone. Um, and that's just, it's a, it's kind of a hard sell because right now everybody, they're like, well, does anyone cut themselves? I'm like, no. <laughs> you know? Tell does me about how many suicides. burst into flames. <laughs> yeah. like, are there dragons in this book? You know, no. Oh, so there's just wizards. And so, you know, which I love the dragons, dead kids and drugs books. I, those are all I read, but I just, I wanted to write something that doesn't kind of, that at least to my knowledge, doesn't have a huge uh, place on the shelf and I think it needs more. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. That's awesome. So another one. Well, you're definitely one. my cup of tea. Yes, <laughs> Thank you. Definitely, for sure. I, uh, and what, so before we uh, wrap this up, where, if people don't already know how to find you, can they find you? You can find me at people. I want to punch in the throat.com. And if all the books are available on all your Amazon's Barnes and Noble, I books, I uh, Google books, all those places. <laughs> awesome. Kobo, whatever. <laughs> if you still read it. <laughs> still got the Kobo. All yeah. Right. Got the Kobo plugin. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for um, spending time with us today and making us laugh. Oh, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun.